0: Welcome to the weekly scroll podcast brought to you by the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. I'm Kurt Farrow. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Marco from Spicy Tuna RPG. How are you doing, Marco? I'm doing well today. Thanks for having me. Good, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Thanks for getting um, We're stoked to have you, actually. So yeah, a lot of just awesome projects, you know, that you've done. We'll talk about very shortly. Um, and one coming out. Uh, first question though that I want to ask, why spicy tuna?
1: <laughs> uh that's a good question. A, I love spicy tuna. Two, uh, my brother just came up with it. We were trying to think of something that was like fairly catchy, just something that that was kind of up our alley too. I mean, we're a big, you know, buffet type people and <laughs> you know, just every once in a while. And uh yeah, we like the stuff and it, it just felt right. My our last name's Serrano, which is a kind mm. of pepper too. So there's all kinds of inside well, you like, go. Clean, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it made sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. No, yeah. It's good. Great logo,
0: too. It's clean and really, you know, it's nice. I like it. Thank you. So, um, Mothership, right? It seems like most of the content that you've written, at least the content that we've seen and know about, is for Mothership. Um, what drew you to to start being a creator for that specific game? Yeah,
1: so um, the first scene I put out was constant downpour in 2021 zine quest 3 and as i was writing it and as zine quest was happening i discovered mothership and i had already been thinking about different ways to kind of simulate um you know kind of loss of sanity or increase stress levels and i knew of like call of cthulhu and there's also some stuff in like 5e which is kind of where my origin starts is um you know like kind of is able to do certain things along those lines but mothership really clicked like it just made sense like if i would have known about it it probably the first version would have been a mothership um module just because it's so complimentary
0: to
2: what is the naming uh for the original mothership were we going with because the uh, new one's 1e so what's the original is it the zero
0: zero, e? zero edition? Yeah, zero zero edition e is okay, what cool. I put on. Sorry, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. zero edition Yeah, I don't remember if that yeah. was official or if I was gonna call it beta or we we did we. If I if we go back like thirty five episodes, there's like three episodes in a row where I'm just like, this, why isn't this two E? Why the fuck are you calling it? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what the fuck is the point of that? Just why zero edition? Just make this mothership two E. And they're like, well, this is the first one we really did everything we wanted. Yeah. 2e i don't get it (laughs) yeah
1: yeah 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 i'm just a sci-fi guy and just uh okay really you know mothership clicks that's the game i play the most now pretty much exclusively minus like a little bit of cosmosaurs with my son and uh yeah it's great but yeah yeah ziri you know that's their prerogative i guess (laughs)
0: hey very listen, cool. if i made, if i made a million dollar kickstarter i call the game whatever the fuck i want you know <laughs> yeah, that's <is> very true <laughs> yeah they're pretty they're great.
2: i mean also it's a good game uh, well, yeah
0: and, but- and they're great people i mean sean mccoy seems like an awesome person and the support that they give the um uh the community uh really helped it blow up i mean like we were talking about a little bit earlier before the stream started you know zemo one um was so mothership heavy yeah. and you know all we heard from a lot of people was that you know they knew 1e was coming out so a lot of the guys in the background were given um given a lot of the 1e stuff so people could write their stuff so it was compatible and really supportive to the um people did you find that to be um uh the how it was kind of in the mothership community as you have you've been writing and kind of getting deep into that
1: yeah for sure so um So that's like another thing. That was like the first like part of like a close community in the tabletop space that I was part of because I wasn't really online until I found out about ZineQuest and, you know, I was kind of just like kind of randomly involved, like just on Twitter or whatnot. But uh, they have, there's this like server, there's a Discord server that's just ran third party that I was invited to. um, And it's kind of... Intimate in a way of uh, just like a lot of shop talk, a lot of just like very open about like, hey, like this is my first time publishing. <laughs> you know, I have some questions here. And then people who had been publishing um would be able to help out. And it just kind of helped out in that way and really organically uh really felt right in that space, uh, even outside of the mothership um discord. And that could happen in the mothership discord, like official, but it was just a little bit less shop talking and they're they're um, pivoting more into that, um, how you said they support their creators so much. They're doing even more. They're planning even more. They're open about even more. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like it's a 100% a reason to stay. I My closest, the people I'm closest to, you know, as part of Orbital Debris also, so one of like 13 of us yeah. did that. And it's like everybody I know or like want, am I close enough to like really trust to work with is – in the mothership community. So yeah, for, for, sure, 100%. And on top of what TKG does, like, you know, they're just very giving like they buy a hundred or like 50 copies, a hundred copies, whatever, of like pretty much anything that's made just so that they can fin- financially support you and help you continue to be able to make stuff. Cause they know you get better, you know, also when they're selling stuff as the main stop, it's like a win-win for them. But it's just like something that's like, Damn, like, you know, that, I'm so grateful for it. Just being a newer creator, you know, I'm like a year and a half in. So yeah, I stay for sure for that. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's very cool. I didn't realize that it was like, I mean, it makes sense that there, that there's this like almost, yeah. Third party kind of standalone, like shop top discord where you guys are just supporting each other and like, you know, greater motherships just supporting y'all as well. That's very cool. Um, yeah. So you, you started out with like 5e, but you said you're more of a sci-fi guy.
1: Yeah, but I, I read and I listen to like a lot of, uh, oh, I'm going to blank on the cast, but uh, I listen to a lot of short stories. Um, I can't think of the guy, that, uh, right,
0: right, right. the Reading
1: Rainbow guy has a podcast oh. and reads short stories. Um, and it's like adult content, you know, it's not like um, for children. But I listen to a lot of that stuff and all, primarily I read and write and Wait, Jordy LaForge, just, LeVar and, Burton. And sci-fi. Ooh, yeah, LeVar Burton. Burton reads. It's called LeVar Burton Reads. I, I kept thinking something Burton, but um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm huge in way more into sci-fi than anything else. And I, I think that there's something like with writing in sci-fi that even though fantasy is obviously extremely open, sci-fi is just like really anything, you know, you can like yeah, tweet totally history into it. Um, like Knights of Lazarus is a good example. There's like, it's a great like example. I was told this that way. Yeah. There's like historical shit in it. There's fantasy elements in it. And then the artifacts the Xenotech artifacts are, um, used like current TMS technology, which is just like uh magnetic technology that changes like how you feel in the brain to, in like very layman's terms, but it is, is like the next is like level up of that. What would the, it be in the near future? And that's, what well, you can do in science fiction that I don't think you can do
0: in everything per se. Interesting. Very cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, that's what really drew me to, to the project originally, which led me to, to you and all the other stuff is I'm, you know, I like, I don't know. I'm a little bitch about stuff. So I don't <laughs> yeah. like, I don't like tech in my game at all. Um, so I, either I don't like used... peanut butter in my chocolate, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't like if I'm playing a fantasy game, I want it to be like mud and blood. You know what I mean? Like swords are the highest tech you fucking got. You know, I hate steampunk stuff. I hate fucking dirigibles like fueled by oh. fucking air elementals and shit. I don't like that stuff. Or if it's if it's going to be tech, it has to be to the far reaches. It has to be spaceships and cyberpunk and like everything so i don't have a really middle ground for that the middle ground that i found was like was nice lathers i was like this is it's it's nights in space <laughs> like it and it works in a way that made me go oh like i don't hate guns you know what i mean like in, in the TWG space for this so that's what really drew me and honestly i mean the cover art holy shit yeah, it's like pretty even just fucking
2: that gnarly Dude,
1: yeah so david simons he was my so my brother and i are business partners and we've just been doing kind of small community oriented businesses for like 10 years together. But, um, he, and he's doing kind of other stuff, um, a little less spicy tuna, you know, but his best friend growing up was David Simons who illustrated that, which is like, makes it even like cooler for me. Cause it's great. Reconnecting with him over this. Cause he illustrated constant board, our very first one too. Oh, cool but he yeah he's a he's a fucking stud dude <laughs> he's so good <laughs> he's so good i'm so i just feel so lucky you know it's like one of those like handshake things and just like you know being connected to someone so talented and quick and he's a concept artist for um uh, major video games so you know it's just like whipping shit out i'm like god damn like <laughs> wow very cool yeah I'm, i feel very lucky. every time someone mentions our, arm i was like arc vein you know he's so good like Very lucky very excited to have.
2: So kind of like since we're now talking about Knights of Lazarus, can you give us a little blurb? Like what is Knights of Lazarus?
1: Yeah, for sure. So Knights of Lazarus, it uh, presents a puzzle that's impossible to solve the first way through. Um, Intentionally, uh, I wanted it to be this type of... uh, The dungeon itself is called is the ship canterbury and i wanted it to be something that was slightly hard to find and once you got there there was just every unit is specialized in a way that either drains your ammunition in some way that you didn't want to just to avoid some like mook or that requires special damage like grenades or pulse rifle or something just to even damage it so it, it 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 makes you kind of track resources in a different way that the first time through like unless you just guess right guess right guess right then you're like fuck i gotta leave you know and that's one thing that i really love about like nsr and osr games is like you have to choose to engage Mm -hmm. in combat or not and that's the idea or and you can leave and they're like they don't even give a shit because they're like whatever like you just left and maybe actually if you have the balls to do this Maybe you even want to join the order. So they like have this really weird kind of intricate. The faction itself is like really interested in that stuff, yeah. and um and yeah. So that's that was like the core. of It was like the writing a dungeon for mothership, which they did with gradient descent before. But you know, I was like, hey, this is like really something I want to do, and it became a little more of the faction, but a little more than you asked. But that's what I. Nice oh, yeah, no, absolutely. that was like, that was exactly yeah. what I asked for. So. <laughs>
2: Would is, is there like a driving force of inspiration behind the idea of like knights in space um, and like knights of
1: Lazarus in general? Or you know, I just got really obsessed with the idea of uh, like uh, I got really obsessed with the idea of like side scrollers in um, in tabletop games. So like the idea originally actually was to kind of hack a system so that it was a large um like it was going to be a sword shaped spaceship and then there's gonna be long corridors and the long corridors were really skinny and so that would force a tactic style battle like a side scroller where like you could adjust your height on different platforms but it's basically going to be like no roll to hit because you're in a tight corridor you can't miss you know so you have to do all this stuff so it's going to have like these like that's the idea that I got really stuck on. And obviously I didn't even make it to the very end, but I was just like, "Nice. this fucking sword shaped spaceship. It has to be a thing. And then <laughs> and then you know, and then obviously there's a bunch of things that are have already done it. And I was like, man, this is so cool. Uh, There's a bunch of like uh, Power Mm -hmm. Ranger bad guys that are like night themed. I was like, I want this in my game, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of, that's what happened. (laughs) All in place for inspiration, honestly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Power Rangers was the first song I ever sang to any of my kids. So it has a very special place in my heart. It's hell very, yeah. very particular piece of inspiration for a
0: lot of things. Like, like the original playing. Go Go Power Rangers, yeah, like that yeah, one. Man. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Dude, OG Power Rangers. I like Turbo as well. Just throw it out there. OG Power Rangers, fantastic.
0: Yeah. Very I mean, old. you're obviously you're, – are you an elder millennial like like me or a little a bit younger like this kid? I think that's a little younger. 31-clone, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Are you older, Man. Ryan? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit older. He's 45. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. No, I'm fucking not 45.
1: <laughs> not yet. I thought you guys were young. I thought you guys were in your 20s. No, well, thank you thank for you. that.
0: I appreciate it. No, I'm definitely in my I middle bro. 30s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And no one knows if I do because I was very beanie. Um <laughs> but uh no fuck now you got me stuck on Power Rangers, man. Like I remember watching as episodes were coming out with like top, when when the Green Ranger first dropped and he was all evil and he became good and then the White Ranger. I mean, you know, for me Power Rangers died after like the ninja movie. But mm-hmm. uh it was solid mm-hmm. up until then, I'll tell you what. That's a great inspiration yeah. to have in a game. So
1: I like it. I always go back to it. I there's something about it. I don't know. It's probably just like my major nostalgia piece that I'm just like, oh. well, I
0: mean, come on. I mean, Pink Ranger <laughs> was my first crush. I don't know about you. But I'm still uh, in love. Oh, um gosh. So totally
2: uh, appreciating the tangent, but going back, so Knights of Lazarus is like a dungeon crawl, but the project mm. was like kind of a meaty project. It came with like a lot of other stuff. And I think one of the like best parts of it um is familiar faces. Um can you like tell us a little bit about what familiar faces is?
1: Yeah, for sure. So Familiar Faces was um it started out as uh we we did these free products called spicy tuna rolls and it started out with like oh, Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It started out, it started out as, like retro sci-fi weapons. Um and then it started doing these like kind of deeper NPCs and you know, honestly, I did two books because a lot I was really new to the space, and a lot of the like um, worry about backing a bunch of projects was uh, from overseas. Was like, man, it'd be really nice for everything to ship together, or whatnot. I was like, man, you're right. Like, I'll just release two. You know, I'll just like hustle out two books and make sure. You know, it just makes more sense to ship, but. Familiar Faces became, I honestly, it's like my golden child. I really love Familiar Faces. It became, it's a place for like shore leave essentially, but it's a big sandbox of opportunity. And there's like three different storylines that can make that short, yeah, like generally safe shore leave spot, very dangerous. Um, but yeah, so nothing's really spelled out for you, um, but there's these six major NPCs with necessary jobs for the future. <laughs> And they have different motivations, biographies, services. Um, they all live on different spots and they're all interconnected. And they're interconnected with like a bunch of like other people that are maybe just named. You know, I actually, it was largely, it's in the book. It was largely, the way I constructed it was largely inspired by an Electric Bastion Land podcast episode with Sean McCoy, where they were talking about setting and how like Mothership has like the core wars, but that's only mentioned in a sentence. And so the idea is that like you can rock with the core wars, however you want, or have people connected using that piece of like setting, even though it's not like, you know, two paragraphs on exactly what it was and exactly what happened. And I mean, Electro Bachelorette is very similar where it's like the backgrounds present a whole kind, like they're just like random shit and eat in a sentence or two of the background and you're like oh okay so there's a butcher shop now or like there this guy exists now and that's kind of what familiar faces was it's like a book of seeds essentially um heavily inspired by those two uh Chris McDowell
0: and Sean McCoy so
2: two people that's we tr- respect insanely so right. yeah. i mean, yeah.
0: who doesn't right but like i mean how <laughs> yeah. many how many fucking Into the Odd hacks are there? I, we've talked about this before. At some point, I want to make. How many times make, have I said I love Into the Odd? <laughs> I've never actually heard you say that at all. At some point, I want to make. I um, really want to make like an NSR tree of like Into the Odd and Knave. Yeah, there you nice. go. Um, and, and just then and just like, you know, because you got Karen that came directly off of it and all the hacks of Karen too. I mean, there's hacks of hacks of hacks that can lead back to like two or three games that are just absolutely amazing. That's such a great way to do lore. And that's one of the things I love the most about Familiar Faces. And and Mothership does a great job too, because like there is no really like there's no lore book for Mothership. Like implied Mm -hmm. setting gives you so much more to to work with. You know, give me a couple of locations, give me, like you said, just like a line or two. Because the number of times that there's been inspiration for things, where like you said, like one one line started a whole campaign. I had an evil campaign that ran for almost two years that was based off like maybe two lines in a Cobalt Press book. You know what I mean? It's such a great way to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was in like a 400-page lore <laughs> book too. But um, you know, it, it's just a great way to do that. So you know, to actually have a lot more content. We talked about this last week in the supplement episode. Uh, the difference between this and um, uh what was the uh, gig economy Gig economy yeah yeah where that one's like you know you can literally just flip and be like oh what's the npc's name here and there's a couple traits and this one is Mm -hmm. much more like you can really build out characters and flesh out like you know things that you really want to bring in and be recurring in the campaign it's just such a great way to do that
1: yeah i really looked up to it one thing that really stuck with me too that chris said was um there's no mayor of bastion land And I thought it was, like, so interesting not to have, like, the big honcho not named for you. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's, like, that's so good. Dude,
2: the guy's podcast
1: goes so hard. It's so hard.
2: I've watched him, like, you know, I've watched some of his live streams, too, where he's, like, we're just going to make a map today. And you watch, like, his thought process (laughs) on making maps. And you're just like oh these are such genius tactics that it's just like he doesn't and in kind of circling back he does a lot of that implied stuff where right? it's like mm-hmm. we'll imply a thing here and like and you can fill it out within however it looks to you um yeah incredibly powerful way to think about things and and obviously we're big fans of familiar faces so
0: yeah, yeah great I great great inspiration to have i mean you'll never go wrong with electric bastion land um, Yeah. Talking about some of the the other projects. I mean, you did the, this was last year's Zemo project, or is time this was this year's
1: Zemo project was uh Knights of Lazarus and Familiar Faces. Yeah.
0: God, we got it, it so fast this year. Are you Damn, bro. Man, how
1: did we get it so fast? I it's November. <laughs> I feel Part like I've it. had this forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was well, I was working on it since like October of last year. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up being able to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I don't know when I sent out July, August, maybe crazy. Uh well it was before yeah. then. Yeah, it was July, I think. Because yeah, we it's ran, gotta be a while back. Because we didn't yeah, say yeah. a builder in August, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah I was in build. Portland, so it must have been when I got it. So it was in July, I think. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's an insane and, uh, turnaround time, by the way.
0: I'm I love that. Like you just said, <laughs> you did. You just did Planet Builder. You just did that one. Like it feels yeah. like yesterday. I guess it was two months ago now. Four yeah. three months ago.
1: Yeah, it ran for two weeks flat, and then we had like a four week turnaround for fulfillment. Um, yeah, you know, I I'm super grateful. So Greenspore is my main editor, um, and he is a mothership gent that I met in the server. And man, it's yeah, I you know, I think most writers talk about is like you need like a good editor and it just like gets you through things and like it 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 puts me in a situation where I'm you know just kind of able to I mean really like like he meets with me over stuff. It's not just like oh here are all my edits. We like talk and we like shoot the shit too, but you know we just kind of talk through things and really make things work. And so if I'm stuck, it's like kind of this like open line. You know it's like it mix between like friend and editor and stuff and um I'm just super grateful for him and then kind of going I mean part partly I'm also um kind of in a spot where like I said so my brother and I do a few things together not too many anymore but um we just things changed a little bit at the beginning of the year where I just was able to win a decent amount of time I'm probably like a 30 35 hour weaker in this space so it's a lot easier to produce that than after work for five to 10 hours a week. And so, yeah, I've just been trying to try to put this stuff out. And then planner builder was, it was really nice where like the notebook from familiar faces turned into a bigger book to help me. Like I was trying to develop better tools for myself. Cause I have like a lot, like most people, you know, like suffer from imposters syndrome. you know, like I like needed to like, kind of get shit out. I'm really trying to figure out the like creative spark because I like come from like a illustrative background in a way like art. And, but then I like stopped for 10 years doing random shit and then I'm kind of back into it. So I've been trying to like develop those things out, um, just processes. And, uh, that's what planet builder was for me. It was like a big project for myself that helps me build things and it just happened to also fit in. And then. Likewise, back in Constant Downpour, it's a remaster. So there's a lot to it. And It's like twice as long, but it had like such a large core and we cut so much stuff from the original one. like, it looks like I'm producing more than I am. <laughs> <I'll say>. <laughs> <laughs> All that to say, I'm just like, you know. Kind of hey, doesn't.
2: It, you listen it doesn't matter like how much you actually work it just matters the perception of everyone saying how much you think <laughs> yeah. you so, oh, you're yeah. fucking the hardest working guy in the business right now man <laughs> yeah now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that and then i kind of told you right before this like I'm, i started working with a lot of other people so constant downpour is gonna be like the last book that's like me as a writer only and then you know i'm working with like christian sorrell and um I haven't dropped a lot of other people from the next project, but I have like four other writers on a uh, kind of a pseudo anthology, the next hardcover, like this time next year or August next year will be another mothership, like 120 pager, but it's like, you know, I am I did a portion of it. So that's been really exciting though. I really like the project management of it and working with like extremely talented people, you know, it's just like, Holy shit. You know, it's like really cool, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. That sounds, uh, very, very cool. So we've yeah. been talking around constant downpour, but we're jumping oh, yeah. through all your projects now. So what is constant downpour? What is constant downpour remastering? Um
1: yeah. Um so constant downpour is based off of The Long Rain by Ray Bradbury. And it was it was the first one shot I wrote, and then it was the first for like my play group, and then it was the first. Zine Quest um projects we did. Um and god damn, like is it just amazing that short story is it's really a story of like dying hope. And it really takes, you know, it's very like character first. You see a lot of what they experience, and then like the world itself is also just like super awesome. If you guys have read it, um it's based, like he has this like whole paragraph on what the rain was like and how relentless it was and how it like cuts through the trees like scissors and how there's like a lattice work of rivers and all this crazy like shit that would actually happen if it was constantly raining and the landscape is really that like effed, you know, and um, and and yeah, so I mean that's what like constant downpour is is you crash land, you're supposed to be at one of the few points of safety on venus three and now all of a sudden you're not and you're not even really sure how like dangerous it is um and uh and now it's like the remaster makes it a very open world so you can kind of choose to like go for something that you really think safe or you know hey let me try and find the high ground to see where we're at things like that and so that's um that's what it is a stress call a stress crawl of short of, of sorts, a stress you know, crawl oh like, yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah
2: so you the project is live on kickstarter right now the remaster
1: mm. yeah um
2: i believe that you've like well surpassed your uh, your goal um you're at what 17 out of out of five thousand.
1: yeah uh, i think we're at 17 now which is which is great yeah um, congratulations by the way bro, i'm awesome. so grateful yeah, yeah.
2: And you have 18 days, you have 18 days left,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling. It's, it's their first hardcover too. So that was like, uh, it's like extra leaving in that way because hardcovers you pretty much have to order in an offset run. Um, now you don't have to, but you pretty much have to. And it's nice to be like, okay, like I can do a whole offset run and be really good. And, um, yeah, you know, this time too, like I've always been opposed to you actually, you guys brought it up, um, about stretch goals and, uh, how I think Ryan, you were saying how you like stretch goals that are, you know, increasing something that, yeah, improvements that don't need built on. And I kind of have this like pseudo backlog of stuff that I've been, I haven't been releasing like spicy tuna rooms. And so, um, so I was like, man, you know, I just want to be like super giving and like very thankful because and so like there's a bunch of like mini zines that are be either part of it already or um that will be released as stretch goals and I'm working with Alfred Valley for the first time. He's writing some solo rules as a stretch goal. That's super exciting. And then uh that's very cool. Yeah, and then like one of my best friends, he worked he he worked for me for like five years in Omaha when we were there in um he did the original soundtrack. So that was like a really big blessing in my heart just to be able to like work with him. And then like he murdered the soundtrack. It's so good. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So it's like a it's a whole project that feels super whole, um, a little bit less than like a zine plus something, um, or a little bit more than that. And it just it feels right, you know, it feels really good. I'm super happy with the reception. Um, and very grateful for where we're at right now and see where we're gonna end up and how much of this like extra stuff we can kind of be like yes yeah, let's, yeah. Let's do it.
0: We'll talk about that extra stuff a little bit. I mean looking at the the page, what all can you get we talked about a print run we talked about a soundtrack but what all can you get when you back this project because you get like a solid amount of stuff
1: yeah so um i kind of talked a little bit about during the knights of lazarus campaign but i love player facing stuff player facing anything makes so much sense to me one as like a warden or a gm and two just as like when i'm a player and three just as like an option for other people to have and so well, yeah, one of the uh. things... I mean, just
0: started to jump in real quick. These oh, are, yeah, like, yeah. one of my favorite things. Like, the, the kind of, like, little note cards that come with it. Because you get this amazing art on the cards. So I should go through. But when you turn it over, like, all of these have, like... Like what we know about it, like general stuff, experience, there's combat tactics you can write. Like a lot of this does feel like, you know, at one point you said you like making stuff for you to make the game kind of easier for you to run or do this or that. And then being able to turn this into... Something that you can give to the people that are forever GMs to actually use too. Like it's super fucking helpful. Like I love when projects have notebooks and and these kind of things. It's just amazing to add on. So yeah, absolutely huge fan of this. Keep doing this stuff for sure.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. So like our familiar faces had a notebook that was player facing for them to kind of draw everything because it all together. And um, the, the reason why we did the postcards for Knights of Lazarus is because you don't want to like show them everything that's in it but after the session when they meet you know uh pelican crested for the first time you can give them that print and all of a sudden they can start taking notes so like yeah we we you know we bitched out and left the dungeon and but now we have a little bit of notes on these guys and uh and yeah so um I, I, yeah i love doing it so in constant uh, downport, um one of the things is a player facing um retro sci-fi weapon catalog and so we invented um, our weapons corporation is called the yucatan tech co and so we just made them the manufacturers of it and so now basically all the weapons in constant downpour and a couple extra retro weapons um, will be in this catalog that you can use before the game or after and it's like oh i ran into this oh i can actually buy this stuff now you know like um that maybe i came across or maybe i just had once or whatnot and so there's that there's a couple patches because i made the planet builder patch um that was exclusive to um the backer kit for planet builder and i loved it and obviously it's kind of a mainstay in um mosh there's a soundtrack and then there's the warden's notebook this one kind of made more sense to be a warden's notebook um but i really like uh Yeah, I mean, I've 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 been making notebooks. (laughs) I've made made like a shit ton (laughs) of notebooks. Um, But it makes sense to me to just like have that offered um, as a piece. And then, let's see, I think, and then the two art prints, the first release we did three like artifacts that you found um, and they were uh, printable they were pdf artifacts that you could print and then use as a handout and so this time since we're doing art prints on the back side are is like the adapted version of those things so you might find like a letter from um another merc and he's kind of writing about his woes about how or maybe like his doubts about the company um, that sent him there and so it kind of reveals to them because it reveals them like well why the hell did they send us here like why did we crash or like was this all manufactured and so these artifacts kind of reveal some of that um so it made sense to make them kind of like very handoutable but also enjoy the art after the fact so yeah
2: Yeah. i thought tools like that are so great for engagement too like it's really hard for any player even like the player who like i don't have many anymore that do this but like that maybe disengage and like pick up their phone, it's really the moment you give them stuff to like examine and like interact with mm-hmm. like that, that look at your phone, be a board flies out the window. So
0: yeah. very,
1: yeah. Very how could you care? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean the other thing too, with a lot of, and that's, I mean, so it's my weekly, my weekly rant. Um, <laughs> <Here> we <go. laughs> so, so five, E fucking sucks. um, but, um <laughs> Uh I, I've never played a game where people did that outside of 5e. I'm gonna be completely honest. It's just the way that the turns work and the and the, like hmm. the just bullet spongeness of the combat and things like that. Like in a game like Mothership and a lot of other games, there's so much ingrained tension yeah. and It really helps to retain um, people's attention a lot more when you have to deal with things like stress and and horror and things like that than just another fucking goblin or just another dragon. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, all right, you do your 800 damage. I'll do my 800 damage and we'll do this for four hours. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I I found it moving away from 5e, I found a lot less people that are that are like that. Um, So it's I don't know. Anyway, a CD. (laughs) Uh, why so a a lot of the indie space has been doing tapes i own so many tapes and nothing to play them on i'm still trying to find the perfect one (laughs) what made you go with what a lot of gen z thinks is also you know ancient technology a cd as opposed to just digital or a tape or of like any any other source
1: i think both is good um digital of course you know um so blake he's a really good friend and i'm kind of lucky because um, music is really expensive because it takes a lot of time and a lot of iteration and um so we kind of had this thing where he he's basically making basically all the money from it and because uh, up until a certain point but um but uh and you know so like a lot of it was kind of talking about like well, well we want we want his time to be worth it um and, and we're still really young in, in the space. And so it was like, we don't have like, you know, not Mark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, we're like, Hey, let's, let's do a proper share. And then we'll, we, like have a minimum guarantee. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, tapes are ridiculously expensive to make. And I was super sad because I actually really wanted to do a tape because uh, well, Alfred rally again, he did one and he, you know, there's like oh, extra stuff on oh. it and like Philip Reed I've followed for a while and mm-hmm he does incredible things with music and just like, you know, uh, um, the vinyl was another thing. I was like, Hi. I would love to do a vinyl, <laughs> but a CD was just, it was just cheaper. And it just made a lot more sense. as like the first go It's kind of like an experiment thing where we're on track to, to uh, we would like to do a soundtrack for every game. And then we have, you heard it here first. We're gonna do a We're gonna do a vinyl together where it's a little nice. bit more, um, you know, mainly the music and then an adventure based on the music. And I think, oh man, cool. I just love that idea. You know, well, Philip did it first, and I've been really inspired by his like breaking the just like what the hell is zine or whatever like an adventure comes in. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the CD was mainly because. It was cheaper and it was our first go. And we were really trying to make sure that we could make it work. And from there, we'll be a little bit more experimental and stuff. So,
0: well, I mean, I, I love so for tapes are dope. Um, yeah. for those of us who grew up with tapes, um, <laughs> I the other thing about a CD though, they're, they're like you can put a lot more into a CD booklet than you can put on little tape inserts. I will say that that does have That's a true. going for it. <clears throat> is there gonna be like content on in the CD booklet, or is it mostly just the visual on the outside? in the in
1: the back side currently i have it i have it configured as um what's it called like a sleeve you know, yeah like the cardboard yeah. sleeve essentially yeah. so like a vinyl would be in um so so yeah on the back side it will be like in, another type of like in game artifact or potentially something deeper depending i I don't want to add too much because I want to keep on schedule. I have like, I like two more mothership, uh, uh, projects that I started way earlier than I should have. So it's been like kind of, uh, infringing on like this deliverable, but you know, they're like, there's a lot of collaborators in them and they're like ready. you know, they're going to be ready to go basically when it comes to downpours, but you want to space them out because I don't want to just like keep, you know, uh, so anyway, uh, i mean uh, just do the philip yeah. ring.
0: just put out 10 <laughs>
1: kickstarters in one year <laughs> yeah, by I, the beginning of november you know what i mean crazy by the end yeah. of november yeah so so yeah um uh, so yeah i'm not sure if i'm going to add content to the back because of that reason where like i don't want to like hey i just want to respect Eat your creep
0: you know you, you know you know our opinion you know our opinion on that you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, i yeah. Some of the best projects that we've 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 looked at, you know, almost like are ready to go by the time they get going. Like like Red Giant's one of the ones we talked about. They were literally oh, like dude, it looks that, fucking done. It was
2: insane the, how fast the red The day it. You, your
0: POD codes. We're good to go. I love that. It always drives me nuts when people are like, I have a really great idea. Let's crowdfund it and then I'll spend two years writing it. I'm like, why did not you just spend like a year writing it and then get the money to like buy the art and then put the book out like i just don't it drives me nuts about kickstarter i got stuff that's literally like two two and a half years like some of the ones like i had stuff that was like three and a half years old that i finally got you know um and some that i basically said i'm never going to get and i'm going to stop checking and if it shows up oh well that's cool for me um so i you know again we we, we we've said our opinion multiple times i would much rather have it in my hands, then wait an extra huge amount of time, especially from someone like you who puts out fire stuff all the time. But it's <laughs> clearly like if you have something else to add, put it on the next one because it's not like you're not going to put out something else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's nice to be able to do that where, you know, I, I kind of told you how I released both of those um scenes there and Nights the Lazarus for just like kind of respect. Uh, you know international backing and shipping but yeah. it, it kind of works out already if you're gonna do another one like the backlog option is always an option like everything spicy tuna is available down this kickstarter so yeah mm-hmm. you know you, you could always wait if you want and we'll always be here i'll keep i'll keep stocking my books <laughs> i like yeah, i, I like that it was cool
2: that out. you offered that option on the kickstarter it's like yeah it's a spicy tuna, but it's like the yeah you can just fucking you can get everything it's like oh
0: cool it's great was that yeah. was that a philip reed inspiration as well like i know on his card pretty much every time he drops a kickstarter he does like here's like the 10 other projects i've done or is that yeah. just something you always wanted to do
1: yeah you know i think I, I it's probably a culmination of that and i've even seen it in like the board game space which is where i really was following kickstarter for the last like five six years um yeah it's definitely not an original idea but it's you know it's nice to uh it's it's I know a lot of people don't like to use like Kickstarter as a storefront, but it really is really nice to be like, okay, no, just order everything now. It's all shipped out now. And like being able to like sell your backlogs. Awesome. Like I make books that I want to get in people's hands and like the more people I can get a hold of them, like more people know me now than they did like when cause a downpour funded the first time we had like 102 backers, you know, like, way more people know it's now like you know yeah. let like even then like with of civilizers is like there's a lot of people who are doing that all in because they found out about me through like orbital debris or something else it's like of course i want to give you my book so that you can read it because like that's why i made it so yeah I, it, it just makes all the sense in the world to offer the backlog out you know
0: that's an interesting thing to look at too when you look at the old the previous constant downpour 99 backers about 1400 bucks and you're talking right now with Eighteen days to go, seventeen thousand dollars, and three hundred forty backers. You're like three point five times the backers, and I don't can't even do the math. Like, like, <laughs> tw- like ten, twelve times the funding. I mean, how does that feel to to put a, to put your first project out and then get to remaster the same project? What like two, three years later, and it just be like to me, it feels like a solid, all right how can i measure my progress any better than redoing something i already did and yeah. blowing up 10 times bigger you know what i mean <laughs> like how does that feel
1: it uh pretty damn good i mean i i feel <laughs> so blessed to be creating um i kind of told you like i was in this like self imposed like always too busy to create and like i i studied studio art in college and then i stopped as soon as I graduated, like, as soon as I didn't graduate after senior year. And it is, I feel so blessed to just be like creating again. And, um, and to, yeah. And then on top of that, to be like, um, you know, inching towards like being able to be like financially sustainable is pretty, pretty awesome. You know, I talked to David about it too, because I, I decided I was going to do content outpour during ZineQuest after ZineQuest started. And so it's a bunch of shit that I like kind of chalked up and like, kind of look like the project page is way uglier. And we hired David after the fact. And, so, you know, we were talking about, it, I was like, you know, he was like, I don't know. We were talking. And I was like, dude, it's like way better now. Like seeing a Kickstarter, like the Kickstarter page is like its own thing. You know, it takes, it probably takes me 40, 50 hours to even make it and all the assets. It is like, looks better. Of course it's going to do better, but yeah. Um, but to the point where, like, I have, you know, they are like people like are like buying another book of mine. I think is even more powerful than that because it's like, okay, like, you know, that that is like all, all everything to me. It's like, wow, like, okay, you you liked it enough to buy another one, a new thing. Then yes, I'm
0: elated. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the things I want to talk about, and again, because you know, I have to write it down so I can go back to it um alfred valley first of all love love their stuff um what was the um kind of inspiration to reach out to him to do solo rules for constant downpour if that that's not something i just made up right that's happening
1: yeah 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 Yeah, it's on the kickstarter page it's that at twenty we we're unlocking alfred valley's solo rules um so real close yeah uh you know i think it was i think it was uh james's uh kickstarter i think is what really gave me the idea so this ship is a tomb had a stretch goal without hmm. rally on it and albert rally uh thousand empty light was like that in the in other waters one i was i just would look at it and be like what the like who's making this like incredibly looking stuff and that you know he did like it just looked amazing the everything <laughs> about it and uh, so I've been a big fan of uh, theirs and this is James doing it I was like hell yeah I reached out to him it was way too late you know I wish I reached out to him three months ago about it but we're but he had time for us and uh, or they had time for us I'm so uh, yeah I'm very excited very excited that's also a mainstay staple that i really want to do even without stretch goals is like everything i would just like to hire alfred to do solo rules for (laughs) like Like beforehand you know or or it's not you know alfred and you know there's a bunch of like amazing um solo creators and yeah I i think it's really awesome to be able to be like just having a solo option for
0: it um yeah we talked about that before i love i mean there was a huge especially during the pandemic there was a big like journaling game kind of blow up especially wretched alone i mean christmas had, you know it's awesome um but the the solo adventure games really fucking get me like 12 years is always going to be one of my favorite games maximum is a fucking genius um marching order we talked about recently but to actually be able to play an adventure solo feels so good and i really really enjoy that and alfred does such a fucking amazing job like lay on hands is fucking stunning and then like you said thousand empty lights i like every time he would like the secret codes and like all this other shit i'm like who are you man like you're not real
1: (laughs) you know so and their soundtrack was awesome too oh my god i I think Gusky or yeah whoever they are oh my gosh yeah so I never thought I would play solo. So I like, I have like solo like board games and stuff. I never play or never get to. And I backed it because it was so beautiful and I got to play test it. And it was my first experience. I told him, you know, uh, hey, this is my first experience. And uh, yeah, it hooked me. It hooked me. That's the other reason why I was like reaching out to Alfred was like, damn, this is so fucking awesome. It's so amazing to be like, just like write your own, yeah. everything so yeah it's a good it's,
2: a, it's like a really great um like area for the ttrpg space to expand as well because like you know not every person is a social butterfly and doesn't want to sit in a room full of people and like i totally like i love sitting down with my friends and rolling dice and sometimes having dramatic moments and other times murdering random <laughs> uh but like you know, I have plenty of friends who, like, want to take part in one way or another or want to, like, have this experience, but they really don't want to sit in a room of people and, like, like open up, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. I think that's really great that like, you have, like, that as a plan to add on, like, moving forward on other projects as well. Yeah. I think it really yeah. opens up the space and makes it more accessible for me.
0: Well, not only that, there's, there's people that, I mean… As much as people want to pretend COVID's not a thing, we're peeking back COVID up. COVID doesn't and, exist
2: anymore. We escaped yeah, it. Yeah, right?
0: Yeah, you know, all the, <laughs> all, the immuno, <laughs> all the immunocompromised people out there that really don't want, aren't comfortable being in a room with people, you know, is, is yep. another reason to have it. Um, on top of, there are just some people, you know, that don't live around other people or don't have friends that have not everyone can get six people together to play fucking d and d if you want to have too many people in your party but like you know if, <laughs> if people want to to play a game to actually have the option always to play that game you open up to like such a wider audience and it's a great thing to have not only for the people that I mean, like us, who are just going to do it all the fucking time anyway, because this is like, you know, I, I spend as much hours doing this as I do at work. But um, for those, again, that don't have that space or that are unable to for a plethora of reasons. And, and again, to get someone like Alfred Valley to, to do that. I mean, you you're you got how's it feel to have connections in the space and to be able to just be like, oh, you know, I mean, Christian Sorrell, Alfred Valley. I mean, half the people you're working with are I mean, all the people you are working with are amazing yeah. creators.
1: Yeah, I. You know, I, we were kind of talking about a little bit about tabletop space. I feel like most everybody in the indie scene that isn't, like, actively ostracized for reasons that I don't even know because I'm so new to the space is uh, they're all so, like, chill and relaxed. Pretty much anybody I asked, I was like, hey, you know, like, I'd really love to work with you or whatever. Everyone's, like, like, grateful. You know, they're so, like they're humbled by the fact that they're even being asked, even though they're incredible, you know, <laughs> even yeah. though they're the household names or uh, up and comers or whatever. It's like, uh, it feels, it feels pretty amazing. It's, it's very uh, yeah. It's amazing. I don't know what to say about it. It's, I feel very lucky to work with the people I do before knowing anybody in the space. And then in the space, it's just, it's really cool to be able to work with just, people who obviously are extremely talented and and love what they are doing and that uh, just shows through obviously and how good it is
0: yeah it's really yeah. interesting in the space we've talked about that a bunch like especially here on the show when we first started it like one of the first, like they kind of like got us going in a different direction was Johan nor just like tweeting, like I want to be on shows. And Hunter was just like, how about ours? And it's cascaded for like, you know, 40 more episodes, but there was a bunch (laughs) of times where it was just like, I would love to talk to, you know, this person or that person, but it's like we're just some fucks. Like no one knows who we are. No one cares. Um, and we still are, but now it's a little bit easier to talk to people. Like if I I lived in LA for a long time and I saw like famous people walk around, I'm like, oh, that's Stefan Marber, that's cool. But then like, you know, trying to tweet, you know, or trying to even talk to people like Eco or something like that, that are like pretty mm-hmm. big people in the space and stuff like that. It's really like it's hard. You're just like, I'm not worthy. And they're like, dude, I, I have a nine to five. What the fuck are like, you talking <laughs> about you know what i mean everyone
2: like, is so cool in the space though like i i will say that you know we've never interviewed an asshole like everyone comes on the show i'm just like y'all are the most likable group of people <laughs> i have ever interacted with it is a great community um and yeah i mean i feel like it also feel like you know um I, I feel like everyone deals with imposter syndrome and so i think that yeah. We all feel like we don't belong in the space that we all obviously belong in. And so when we talk to the people, we talk to each other and we're like, hey, I really like your work. I'd like to talk to you. They're like, oh, fuck me. It's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, like Ryan just said, like, I have a nine to five. This is just something I do that I'm passionate about. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It is really incredible how people are. So, yeah, for sure. You know, and yeah, being on here, like, it's nice to be. And this is literally oddly enough as like a 31 year old it's like the first like online space i've really been part of and like this makes the world of difference like <laughs> when you're like work with oh, somebody yeah. or like you're hiring them for writing or whatever it's being able to hop on a call and get to know them for 30 minutes even if you don't talk about the project very much like it just makes the world of difference to just like connect you know yeah. and yeah people are like pretty i mean everyone's busy as hell but you know if you're doing something they're like Yeah, I'll talk you through this or whatever. I've had many people where I'm like, I can't do this. And they're like, oh, hop on Figma real quick. And I'm like, what? Okay. I'll show you how to do it real quick. Okay. It's crazy. Very cool.
0: um so talking about all these people that you're working with um after constant downpour you've kind of alluded a little bit to future projects do you is are you keeping some of that pretty close to the vest do you want to give like a preview like yeah, what, i mean actually you know what up? yeah your show is kind
1: of like i'm revealing a lot um but That's uh how it works. yeah yeah so i'm actually glad it's on your show i really like you guys and uh we like you so. <laughs> yeah so uh so i have a couple of other Bigger mothership projects that I've been working on and are uh, largely kind of uh, collaborator heavy. So uh, the next one is with uh, Christian Sorrell wrote uh, uh, Bunker Escape uh, module or uh, like uh, adventure for um, it's the sequel to Constant Outpour actually, where the uh, missionary outsource company that sends you on the mission to Venus three. It explains more about who they are and how bad they are. And then gives three different planets where they send these like death missions to one of them being Venus and then two new ones. And then, uh, their bunker is what, um, Christian wrote, you know, an amazing adventure for, and then, um, you could say in Tech Co, which I brought up before was, uh, I've been developing things for that. And so the next, uh, book after that is called incorporated volume one. And so that is Yucatan Tech Co built out as something that can be uh, is very plug and play, just like familiar faces, but with corporations this time. Um, So you can plug and play Yucatan and and there's like principles on how to run Yucatan Tech Co. And then there's a few uh, there's four other writers on there. Jeremy Schumann, who uh, I met through Night Civilizer's Kickstarter, uh, and he's he's amazing, um, but really green to the space. And so I'm really happy to have him on uh joel hines is writing a corporation uh diogo noguera is writing a corporation um and he's actually pretty much there's three people that are actually pretty much done with it i think that's is going to be his mothership debut technically um and then um reese carter if you know reese he was on orbital debris uh he's done some first party stuff and then uh dead in the water is what his newest adventure that's out that was an exalted funeral um i think it was like exclusive and now it's on tkg i don't really um but it just launched on tkg but um reese carter also he he project managed orbital debris and so uh those are the four uh other writers and then i my background comes in like website design and uh app design kind of just the design part like just the graphics so i'm gonna brand every corporation and there's gonna be like a shit ton of handouts and uh i'm really looking forward to like working with potential people in layout and just like really make it this like really like beautiful book and this the whole thing being able to be like super sandboxy and just like we're plug and play or like you know across many core campaign or like long campaigns or interweaved with modules stuff like that and i just have so many handouts to be able to do that with so those are the two major like mothership projects and then um zine quest i'm doing my first primal quest uh, module cool. which i'm super excited for oh yeah, i'm stoked I- to see that yeah, yeah, I'm so stoked to do it. Um, I kind of mentioned spaceships
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But <laughs> well, I kind of mentioned how I pretty much only play Mothership now, and then I play Cosmosaurus. Like Cosmosores is my like game of the year right oh. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Primal Quest is probably runner up, and uh, so I'm going to run my play group through more of that because we, I, you know, mess with the mechanics, but I haven't like purely played and from there i have like adventures that fit in that world the world's so fucking cool like the time loops you know so Mm -hmm. like you know there's like futuristic stuff and alien stuff but it's also like primitive so it's like you can have anything. past yeah yeah yeah. it's sci-fi prehistoric and so it's like right i like fuck yeah i got so many things that like you know don't really fit mothership that I've been really wanting to do. So Primal Quest and then um, a lot of the spicy tuna rolls will be investing in like Julep 4, which is the familiar faces system. Uh, Just being like artifacts for Ainsley is going to be a line um, and different things that just kind of allow branching off or just like little pieces of here and there and lore and stuff that really expands that world. Because all of our mothership stuff's interconnected. I don't know if you guys know that, but there's all these seeds from, like, nice civilizers, so familiar faces. I, pi- I did kind of pick up on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's important it's- to me, so.
0: <laughs> it's interesting how in the space, like, I mean, again, for, for us with imposter syndrome in this space, but, like, so mm-hmm. much of it is, is really interconnected, and it's really interesting to see the crisscross. Like, you know, with you doing a lot of mothership stuff and then doing Prima Quest, and then working with Christian Sorrell, we actually, I get to play Primal Quest with Christian Sorrell at EFCon, and then he actually was the guest host on the show when we went over Primal Quest. So it's really neat that you're working with Christian, but then doing Primal Quest, but also Diego Negara, who's fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I love how many, anytime you can, like, hear about a project, like, like the one that you just talked about and hear those names on it, especially because there is, I mean, Diego's not a Mothership guy, like you just said. This is an interesting, different take for him. Um, you know, they've done a bunch of others. I mean, a million other fucking things, plus yeah. Cosmosaurus and Primal Quest, but to do Mothership too. I don't know how these people get the time to do all that, but it's really amazing to see all of the crisscross that um, that happens and all these creative people, no matter what they're throwing into, just putting out fire. It's, it's really awesome to see.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, Christian is also, what's also on mother or Orbital Debris. I consider him pretty close. We started basically at the same time, I think, um, and yeah i I consider myself uh, i'm very lucky to be close to them in some ways we're like we we ask a lot of similar questions and discord we help out each other in different ways just here and there and uh yeah it's kind of like a go-to for me to be like hey like i would love of course i'd love to work with you and Mm -hmm. yeah i watched your guys episode with diogo and um that's actually, uh, he, you guys were kind of like, really like pushed me to get into a lot of things. And like, that was one of the primal quests. Like I was like, okay, well, yeah, I finally push the button and
0: wow. It's cool. It's so <laughs> cool. 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 Like, it's great. It's a great, it's a great little system. And I love, it's one of those systems. And we talked about Diego. Um, We talked with Diego at the time. A lot of people kind of have the same idea at the same time we talked about during the supplement episode where they're like, let's not just put out a game and then put out another game and put out another game. Let's put out a game and then just make stuff for it and get other people to make stuff for it and build a community around it. And I'm so happy that he's doing that with Primal Quest because it's such a good, interesting um, take on, um, you know, fantasy games and stuff like that. And so it's an interesting system to do it. in. so I'm really excited. And to see other people whose work we obviously really enjoy and respect, like, jumping into another game not just mothership i'm, I'm i can't tell you how much i'm so excited for, for that so yeah i yeah. too i'm
2: really stoked for that honestly i'm i'm that'll be like what i'm looking forward to in zemo upcoming i'm it's
1: excited coming. to do it yeah. the, my the other system i really want to write for is fallen by uh pr oh yeah Absolutely. yeah fuck yeah, yeah. Oh, i love man. pr i yeah. reached out i reached out to him i was like man i your jam by far is like the one I wanted to do, and I don't think I'll be able to make it because I feel pretty behind on what I'm my main projects, but I'm for like, just sure saying making... that
0: we 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 convinced them we to didn't do that. that.
1: Just <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> yeah, just yeah it's awesome. I was like, I was like, do you have for sure making something for this game? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it might not be for a minute, but yeah, there's a few, and yeah, I'm I've been really encouraged to kind of do that stuff, and well, I'm, I'm working on my own system too, but that won't be till like next year. Um power rangers inspired you know of course and uh but yeah you know there's like a few uh of these like new systems and and people who i i just i'm like enamored by them you know it's like god damn like it's so incredible like what like who you are how you speak and then what you're making and how like everything that you're doing for you know and how how you are with the community and like like yeah like i think that makes me want to play Fallen more and it makes me want to play Primal Quest more. And if Cosmos Wars ever has a third party thing, I'm riding a Cosmos Wars. You know what I mean? Like, those are like things that I'm really into. There's obviously so much more, but as much as I interact, those are the two guys that I'm just like, wow, about that I would love to um, expand con- content for that doesn't fit in sci fi horror or sci fi, like, strict. It's like, other directions so yeah i'm super happy to be able to when i'm able to so
0: yeah yeah i listen we can't wait for what's coming up and especially with like the turnaround that you guys with that you have and and just project after project you know you're you're always going to have a a back with us um and uh anytime (laughs) anytime going forward you got stuff to to talk about we're happy to spotlight it so you just let us know
1: yeah i would love to i'm (laughs) i'm super um happy to share it and and yeah i think that's one of the things that's best about working with people now is that can actually like keep quality up like it's not i'm hoping not to be a one person show things are better when i have like more collaborators on anyway i feel like so so this is like a really fun way to work and yeah absolutely um, oh yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to getting a lot of stuff out and um and yeah, I really appreciate you guys saying those nice things yeah. about me.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So where, where can people find all of this stuff that you've already put out? I know that on the Kickstarter, you can buy the whole backlog, but is there anywhere else that you guys, that you want to direct us towards? I'm so slow with getting stuff out. Like I only have,
1: I have familiar faces on our itch page and Lazarus hasn't even made it. Um, but uh, Tuesday night, well, if you want to follow when things get released, the best place is the guac substack.com that's our newsletter very regular with it every month every three weeks um always talking about announcements and upcoming like i hadn't announced you was on incorporated but you knew incorporated is coming you knew the you know the system was being built if you were following the guac that's the best place um otherwise well, twitter's probably gonna fall down but uh i'm on twitter everything's
0: gotta, Everything get, is gotta, asked. Get, gotta get them tunes on <laughs> mastodon man gotta yep, get tuned. Yeah,
1: hopefully i'll be at spicy tuna rpg on mastodon soon but uh for now it's yeah (laughs) yeah, for now it's twitter and instagram and then uh and yeah the physical products um can be found on like tkg right now peregrine press co if you're into the uk um and third kingdom are the only places uh currently i i also haven't like reached out to anybody about (laughs) stuff but yeah that's where you gonna find me so that's
0: great Yeah, so check all that stuff out. And constant downpour, today is, what, the November 19th? There's still 18 days left to go on constant downpour. Definitely want to get to Alfred Valley in that 20K, so got a little bit farther to go. I have no doubts that's going to get there. Um, Again, Marco, dude, it's been amazing to chat with you. Obviously, we like your stuff. We've only talked about it, like, five or six or seven times on the show. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So So, um, I only tweeted about it immediately when I saw it in Zemo (laughs) last week.
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: so um so again super appreciate it reach out reach out to us anytime going forward and um and yeah
1: hell yeah thanks for having me guys i really yeah thanks for coming
2: on and hey everyone play any games you know yo listen creator cuts i would love to play
1: i would love to play with you guys um i will say one thing i forgot to mention my kickstarter is actually under my name marco serrano so if you're looking for constant and you can't remember the name Maybe you remember Marcos around. But yeah, hit me up. I love to play with you guys. Thank you again for having me. I really appreciate your guys' time. Thanks coming on. Doing on top of stuff. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Much love, guys. Um, we're going to hop into a uh, game review real quick. So if you guys listen to the podcast, that will be the next episode. Um, but for you guys in chat, just stick around and we'll be back in just a moment.